Hi guys, it's Francis. I'm currently on leave, so I've pulled together some of the best episodes from the archives that you might have missed. This episode was originally released in March 2018. It's one of my favourite types of episode, a community episode filled with tips submitted by Cooking the Books listeners. So have a listen and enjoy. News Talk ZB and the New Zealand Herald present Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, demystifying your finances. Hi, I'm Francis Cook. Welcome to the show. A basic rule of personal finance is to live within your means. Spend less than you earn. Have some self-restraint. Which is all well and good, but that's really hard. The finer things in life are fun, and I'm as susceptible as anyone else to just giving in yelling out YOLO and blowing my budget. So it's with a bit of self-interest that I put this episode together. There are many ways to have fun cheaply or even for free. Sometimes we just need a reminder. I know what my favorite ones are, but I wanted to know yours as well. Cooking the Books listeners are smart and you guys always suggest something I hadn't thought of. So the call went out on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Tell me your favorite ways to have fun on the cheap. The results? Eight clever ways to have fun without spending a dime. For some of them, you might even make money. News Talk ZB presents Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, boosting your business confidence. Right, here we go. We're going to start with one that is truly free. Tip number one, get outside. Of all the tips I got, so many were along this line, and it's because we're absolutely spoiled in this country. Here's Chelsea. Walks. There are so many in this glorious country, and most of them are free. I did the Tongariro crossing over Christmas, and it was incredible. Sites like freewalks.nz give good guidance. Next is Heather, who's helping us keep it glorious. I go beachcombing, which is just my fancy name for shell, rock collecting, rubbish picking up, and sea creature spotting. There are cool checklists for New Zealand shoreline creatures, like one I found in Otago University's Marine Studies website. That's Awesome. I used to go look at rock pools before school with my dad back in the day, but I'd never thought of getting something to help me figure out what the creatures actually are. So maybe I'll do that version with my own kids someday. Here's Damon's outdoor fun. Surfing with mates and a catch-up meal afterwards. Can't beat it. Got a couple of mates who live close by. We all love surfing, so it's almost a weekly thing. Next is Monique, who's getting double the bang for her outdoors buck. My husband and I like to go floundering. It's fun. All you need is a headlamp and a homemade spear. If you're lucky, you will get a delicious meal out of it. And David has a similar idea. Rock or wharf fishing can be done on the cheap. $25 for a full setup if you don't get sucked into needing the best equipment. Which is a really good point, I think, for any hobby... There's the possibility of telling yourself that you can't do it without the right equipment. And so you go out and buy all of this top-of-the-line stuff for a hobby that you may or may not stick with. Just get into it, see what you can borrow from friends, see what you can find secondhand, see what you can go without. Although, don't go without safety equipment, obviously. But otherwise, don't justify things that you don't truly need. Give it a whirl, maybe upgrade your stuff later if it becomes a true passion for you. Still getting outdoors, Janelle has an idea for the families. When the kids were small, we used to take a picnic lunch and go and try out playgrounds in different areas. We had a ranking system devised by our kids. Which is very cute. I'd love to know which playground came first and why. And lastly for the outdoors section, we have Suzanne. 
BYO picnic blanket, some small items from the supermarket deli section, awesome leftovers from home, a book and awesome friends. And go and sit in one of our beautiful parks for an afternoon picnic and catch up. All get your walking shoes on and get some exercise while listening to a podcast. Yes, podcasts. Listen to podcasts. They're awesome. There's this really cool one from the Herald cooking something, but it's not about cooking, it's about money, which is weird, but the podcast is cool. Seriously, though, my husband and I both work shifts, and so sometimes I'll find myself at a loose end on the weekends. And that's actually how I got into podcasts in the first place, just chucking on some flat shoes, putting in my earbuds, going for a walk and learning about something new. Do remember to download the podcast before you leave your Wi-Fi connection, obviously, Nobody wants to get into trouble for their data usage. Tip number two, be smart about your hobbies. Here's Sunny. I regularly use meetup.com to find local hiking groups, book club and industry-related groups. I'm pretty sure you can find a local group for a given hobby, and they're usually free. Some are even sponsored with free food and beer. You also meet some fantastic people. Now, anybody who knows anything about journalists knows that we love free food. So that sounds good to me. But I have also actually used Meetup before and can vouch it is indeed awesome. You can find a group for whatever you're into, although obviously it is slightly easier if you're in a big city. Here's Les, who gets crafty. Homebrew. Starter kit is $100, bottles are $34, a batch of beer is around $25 to $50. It makes 20 litres or so, which is the equivalent of five dozen bottles. Now, I've had this suggestion before, so be warned, I hear it takes a little while to perfect your homebrew technique. But if you're having fun and you stick with it, that's great value for money. Also on the beer bandwagon is Jono. Get a side hustle that matches a hobby. I like drinking beer, so I write about beer. Sometimes I get free beer. I've also managed to make beer with some of my favourite commercial brewers, which has been great for my home brewing skills. Again, I like getting free stuff, so this is sounding great to me. It's not all food hobbies, though. Here's Ingrid. We enjoy doing stuff in the workshop. Tools and gear do cost, but equally, we hardly buy anything new as we enjoy the renovation process. Which is true. If you can learn the skills to DIY, then you can hugely cut down on what you buy. Spend time with your significant other, create something awesome, and if it breaks, you can repair it. There's also a lot of unloved furniture in secondhand shops around the country, and if you know how to strip varnish, sand it down, and then oil it or paint it, you can have something beautiful. I say that because I, as a very uncoordinated, unskilled person, know how to do that. I promise, you can learn how on YouTube, it's fun, and you'll have something beautiful at the end of it. Tip number three, join a club. Now, not all clubs are cheap, but there are ways to go about it. Here's Heather's version. We have a book club. We sometimes even get around to talking about the book. You do have to provide nibbles, but tea and biscuits are okay. Or for a different version, Peter likes board games. We play board games. If you have a regular group, you can split costs. BoardGameGeek.com has a good rundown of current games and there are YouTube channels showcasing playthroughs to get an idea of what a game is like. Now, you might be thinking, hang on, board games aren't always that cheap, which is true even if you're splitting costs or going second hand. 
But that's okay because Mike has another tactic for board games. The initial investment can be pretty steep for modern games, but there are board game cafes popping up all over the place where you can play new games for an afternoon without breaking the bank. Of course, there are lots of different types of clubs. These are only the tip of the iceberg. The trick is to think outside the box, find something you and your friends enjoy, and then find the smartest way to enjoy it together. And on to tip number four, broaden your mind. Now, this is one I'm a big fan of. Here's Peter. Public lectures. Even though it's been a while since I've been to one, the universities often put upcoming talks on their website. Public lectures are awesome. I've gone to a few. There was one on the future of work. There was one on the future of money. Obviously, those are subjects in my wheelhouse, so I really loved them. But you can actually find all sorts of university resources online as well. MIT has open courseware if you just... Google MIT OpenCourseWare, you will find almost all of their lectures and courses available for free. You can teach yourself whatever you like from one of the top universities in the world. Of course, you won't have the qualification at the end of it, but you'll have the knowledge, which could include things like microeconomics, philosophy, physics, and you can find other free online courses as well. So there is Open Yale, obviously from Yale, or edX, which is a joint project between MIT and Harvard. Of course, if you want to get out of the house, you can always hit the museum. Many of those are free. I think Auckland Museum requires proof that you're an Auckland resident, but then it's free. Anyway, museums are actually one of my favorite cheap activities, especially when I'm traveling, because then I save my pennies and also learn more about the place I'm visiting. Now, staying on the educational theme, here's tip number five. Hit the library. Here's Les. Auckland Library is accessible via the Overdrive or Libby apps. Get yourself a library card and log in, and you have access to the whole digital library, including audiobooks. Which is great. I love audiobooks when I want something more in-depth than a podcast. I really like that you can do other things around the house rather than committing yourself to just sitting down to read. I'm not super great at sitting still. Peter is also a fan of libraries. People seem to stop going to libraries between childhood and parenthood, but there's a bunch of stuff there. Here's the thing with libraries. They're not just a bunch of books, although books are obviously great. They're also community centres. So they often host free activities like readings or lectures, maybe things for the kids, or they also have community notices where you can find out about even more free community events at other places. As well as audiobooks, many libraries also have CD and DVD collections that you can check out. Basically, libraries are awesome. Go and see what yours has got on. Tip number six, volunteer. Here's Sarah. Community working bees such as the Manukau Harbour Cleanup. It's outdoor exercise and making a difference for the environment. Volunteering is a great idea. There are countless volunteer projects out there that need nothing more than your time. You can meet other people who live in the area, help your community, and do something a little different. You might even pick up a new skill. And either way, it will leave you at the end of the day with the smug satisfaction of knowing you did something good. Seriously, stay with me. It doesn't need to be a chore. For instance, I'm an animal lover. As anyone who follows me on Instagram knows, sorry for all the cat pictures. You can volunteer within the things you want to do anyway. So for me, that's things like dog walking for the SPCA. The dogs need their exercise, so do you, 
And also you're getting the dogs used to people. So this is just wonderful all around. Now, if you're strictly a cat person, I saw an ad a while back, an animal rescue needed, honest to goodness, cat cuddlers to give the cats human attention and get them used to people. Now that is the dream gig. Maybe sign up with a friend or two and you can get your social life looked after as well. There is volunteering for all sorts of things. Just, again, Google it. Bonus tip for if you like the idea of volunteering with animals and going back to the hobby that can be turned into a side hustle, maybe become a pet sitter and get paid for hanging out with other people's pets. As someone who has had to hire a pet sitter in the past, you can earn a decent amount doing that. I was very grumpy about how much that cost. Tip number seven, play host. Here's Helen on an all-time classic. A potluck dinner with friends. You can do dinner or a picnic lunch. It only requires a little coordination, so everyone brings a complimentary thing rather than multiples of the same items. I love a potluck. It's a great way for trying different food than what you normally have. Emily has another idea. Playing music with friends can be fun. You can cover songs you know or do improv. Now, obviously, musical instruments are sometimes quite expensive, but maybe look second-hand or borrow one, or you could sing while other people play instruments. Once you have an instrument, you can open up a whole new social scene. For instance, my mum plays folk music, and her entire retired life revolves around it. It's so cute. She loves it, has a great time, goes away for weekends at folk festivals, and I hear music staves off Alzheimer's, which is a bonus. My mum also listens to each and every one of these podcasts, so I'm going to get told off for that Alzheimer's reference. Now, if you can't stand the idea of hosting yourself, Jessica has you covered with an idea for eating out on a budget. Using Groupon to try spas and restaurants or lunches. I have been an absolute grab-one fiend in the past and used it to try out new hobbies or try out new restaurants I haven't been to before. You can get some good deals. The trick is just to make sure you're being smart about how you use it and not spending money that isn't in your budget. Last but not least, tip number eight. Just relax. Here's Carrie, being cheeky, but I like her tip anyway. Sleeping. This is the best activity at all times. Sleeping in or napping is the best. You can also transition from bed to couch, Snuggle up and put on that DVD you borrowed from the library or use Netflix, whatever. You can binge TV alone or make it a night in with your friends. You provide the couch, they provide the snacks. Sometimes chilling out is just what the doctor ordered and it's very easy to do on the cheap. So those tips again. Number one, get outside. Number two, be smart with your hobbies. Three, join a club. Number four, broaden your mind. Tip number five, hit the library. Tip number six, volunteer. Number seven, play host. And eight, just relax. So those are the ways Cooking the Books listeners like to have fun for free or cheap. Some great ways there that prove budgeting doesn't have to be a life sentence of misery and loneliness. Now, if we missed something that you like to do, or you just want to be ready for the next time we're all sharing tips with each other, come and find me online. I'm on Facebook at Francis Cook Journalist, Twitter at Francis Cook, and Instagram at Frankly Snapping. You don't need to remember those, though. It's okay. The links are all in the show notes, so just click those. You'll be straight through to me. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcasts app 
or iHeartRadio. You could always leave me a five-star review while you're there if you're feeling generous. And until next time, have a great day. And that's Francis cooking up your business confidence for another week on News Talk ZB. From the host of Cooking the Books podcast, Tales from a Financial Hot Mess by Francis Cook, the realist guide to money and how to have more of it. In the book, Francis goes through how she changed her financial mindset from wasteful spending and living payday to payday to managing savings and the journey into investing. Combining the knowledge from her experience and over 150 podcast episodes, Francis Cook's new book makes money work for you and shows you how saving is fun. Tales from a Financial Hot Mess, the realist guide to money and how to have more of it by Francis Cook. Find it in all good book retailers.